You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos game source and inside sports fantasy football we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break it is sincerely appreciated the Lakers took command of this game early, and they did. They took command halfway through the first quarter, and they said, you know what, Stephen Curry, you're going to go ahead and go one on five because it sure seemed like that at times because the Lakers hunkered down on defense on pretty much the rest of the team and said, you know what, Stephen, let's see what you can do. And Steph kept pace early on, scoring 15 of the, the first 26 points for Golden State, but it was all for naught because, you know what, as soon as he went out of the game, that's when the tide really turned for the Lakers, and the Lakers turned on the defensive juice and was very efficient with their two-point shooting, their interior passing, the, the way they went ahead to, to the bucket, and really just slam after layup after slam after layup. It just seemingly was a very efficient night for the Lakers as they did win, easily pulling away 128-97, to and here today to talk about the game are two great guests indeed. First up, he is a great man that's back to us as one of the big fans of Lakerholics.com. you got to be part of the conversation like L-Rob is every now and then. It is L-Rob. And L-Rob, you got to be happy about what went on in today's game. Love it, love it, love it. I mean, you can't draw it up any better than that. Attention to detail, energy, bench was strong. Kuzma, you know, his, his, you know, he's stuffing the stat sheet. Um, we'll just forget effort. about that. We'll just forget about that air ball on the technical there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, isn't Taylor Hucker, isn't Horton shooting is the best free throw shooter? I mean, one of the yeah, best. Yeah, but I, I, they were just so yeah. far up. I think uh, he asked, and uh, unfortunately, Vogel yeah. yeah. said yes, and maybe he might avoid doing that in the near future. So yeah. let's that just that would be his only free throw technical cameo right there. Yeah, yeah something great, like that. Great all around effort today. So it was fun. It was fun indeed. I mean, I want to hear your thoughts before I turn over to L Tom over there as well. I wanted to ask you this. I mean, the way they played defense, obviously the shooting sticks out because today they were very efficient when you talk about it. I mean, just a, a great offensive job, very efficient. But to me, what stood out outside of obviously they were 62% field goal percentage, almost 63 for the entire game. That sticks out. That's great. 
But to me, I thought it was the defense. The way they said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and make a priority to everyone that's not being that's not named Stephen Curry. They made a priority to force this team to be consistent. And after a big win against Utah the day before, they showed, and this is the reason why Golden State is a 500 team, they show that the rest of the team, sans Stephen Curry, is not consistent at all. Absolutely. I mean, Wiggins is such an enigma. And, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he seems like he has the talent to be a 22, 23-point game score, especially on a team like uh, Golden State where Steph's going to get all the attention. But, I mean, he just doesn't. He just doesn't bring it all the time. So, um, yeah, you got to step on a team like Golden State's throat. You're sending a message not only for this game, but for the future. You know, hey, when you guys get your full team back, we're going to be here. And um, we're still the big boys on the block. It seemed like it today. It was a very definitive win. The second definitive win over the Warriors in a row in the past couple weeks. And here to talk about today's game as well is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. And Laker Tom, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, just all around a great performance, efficient shooting. I mean, they didn't do something that you have, have just talked about constantly about got to put up those three-pointers, got to put up those three-pointers. Today, they didn't really need to put up a ton of three-pointers because you had Montrez Harold 11 of 14 for 27 points. You had LeBron James, 22 points and a triple-double. You also had... Kuzma and THT 18 and 17 right there for you with both of those guys picking up the slack. They really didn't need to put up a ton of three pointers because they were so efficient inside. Well, when you shoot 62% and you win the points in the paint battle by 28 points, uh, that makes it very tough. Uh, but they, they did a good job defending the three. Um, they really, uh, they really limited the, the wires took 37 threes. And they own, and uh, we're, we basically couldn't really couldn't really create anything to catch up there. I thought the defense was just terrific the entire game. You could see them scrambling, doubling, trapping guys, moving. The rotations were great. We took a lot of charges. Um, we got our hands on a lot of balls. Um, a little sloppy in the. Uh, I don't know what Turnovers. it is about LeBron lately. He comes out and he throws a, three or four lazy passes in the game. Um, but overall, uh, it was an impressive win by the Lakers and, and the bench was, the bench was stunning. I mean, the, the 28, the 31 point lead basically that we won by really came from the bench. Yeah. Um, THT had a double, double 10 assists. He was really dishing the ball. Great attacking the rim. Uh, LeBron had a triple double, um, Kuz just played beautiful basketball. It was great to see Kenny get hot, hit three out of four threes, um, and and that's exactly the kind of game that we need to play. My only concern is just the team thinking that, hey, we don't have to worry. Uh, we don't have to worry about our three-point shooting. We don't have to worry about our rim, rim protection and, uh, and not being as aggressive as I'd like to see them be as we head toward the trade deadline. But uh, it's a, it was an easy game to watch, a lot of fun to watch. Um, I did one thing that I really did like about it is the guys were having fun. Um, they, they really enjoyed themselves. And even the guys that came in, the reserves that came in that you don't see very often, they still played, they didn't play as great defense, but they still played very disciplined on offense. They still hustled hard, um, made good plays. And, you know, it wasn't the sloppy type of, of, uh, 
play that you get at the end of a game when it when it doesn't really count. So it was good to see the uh, the that part of the game be good. Good to see LeBron get some early rest. Um, well, and- he looked like I'm just going to say this, Tom. He looked like he was cruising the entire game. I yeah, watched him, and maybe so that's why there was that the- second fadeaway that went up when he shot it almost up yeah. to the roof was incredible. I mean, I couldn't believe that. But I just saw the mannerisms, how he went, uh, you know, forward to the game today. As soon as he saw that the Lakers had established a lead, when he came into the second quarter, he was on cruise control pretty much the entire way. I think that led a lot to his turnovers because he was nonchalanting it for for a great bit of the game. I'm not saying he didn't try hard. On defense, he was still playing pretty good defense. No, he played good defense. But you could just see. You could just see that he's just end to end. He was just going, unless he really had to push the ball or he was streaking, he really just went, you know what? I'm going to give the ball to Schroeder. I'm going to let him initiate the offense. I'm just going to go ahead and play a free throw to free throw line or three-point line to three-point line and just go from there. I'm going to let Nico Mannion think he's going to be all that and a cup of Java going up against me and then uh, play mind games with him. I saw he was just really just – you know, thinking the kid, you know, hey, go ahead and make a couple shots on me. And then he kid, you know, gets a little lucky. He mm-hmm. makes a couple shots. Then LeBron just, okay, that's enough. That's enough well, for you. Mannion doesn't want to play against THT anymore either. No, no. <laughs> they, they basically, the minute that Mannion got in the game, THT would come off of the bench and immediately they would have him attack the rim. But, you, you know, you really saw the best part of Dalen Horton Tucker's game because, uh, that kid can really get to the rim and he can really make smart plays when he gets in there. We saw some, I thought the best interior passing I've seen from the Lakers in a long time. Yes. As guys attack the rim, Kuzma made several great passes. Uh, and one of the big beneficiaries of it was Trez who had a terrific game. You know, he was, he was always in the right spot and, and there were always guys, everybody seemed to be really in rhythm today. So it was good to see. We've got a back-to-back. We'll see what happens tomorrow. And uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can weather the period of time when when AD is out. It looks like it's going to be at least three more weeks. And you figure that he's got to have a week to get back. He's probably going to be gone for a month at this point in time from now. Well, you also have Marcus All, who's still out due to health. Yep, and Alex Caruso, who's in the concussion, concussion. protocol. And Atentacumpo, who's also out in health and safety protocols. And the the guy who is, uh, you know, the, could be the reason for the Lakers not winning the championship. The guy who, the, the most critical injury on the team, according to Twitter. Of course, Twitter was really having a, out of a ball when they heard this. And that is Jared Dudley, your 15th man of the year. Unfortunately, he suffered an MCL tear seriously. And I wish him, you know, I saw him on the bench today, but I wish him well. Uh, but it's so funny. Lakers Twitter is just ruthless and sometimes in a very funny way. I mean, I, I saw the comments when they announced that he had an M- MCL tear and some of the comments were like, oh, did he get that getting out of bed? Did his body break down after playing 20 minutes? You know, there were some great comments in there. I, I, got I don't, know who, you got, I don't know who you got on your Twitter feed. I got a lot of those things. That was uh, Dave yeah. McMenamins. That was Dave McMenamins when he reported. Oh, was it? The okay. Yeah. Because I, I saw I saw the completely opposite thing, to be honest with you. I saw a great deal of respect from the uh, fans, Laker fans, who appreciate uh, what what uh, Duds means to this team um, and why why they re-signed him this year, why LeBron thinks he's one of the best teammates he's ever had. 
Um, and so, you know, it's, there are always a few jerks in every crowd. And uh, Jared Dudley, basically, I'm proud that he's on the Lakers. I'm glad that he's on the team. Um, I don't know. March 3rd was the last day that you could apply for a disabled players exception. So we won't be able to get anything from that. Um, and it may be that they'll end up waiving him and maybe hiring him on the coaching staff or something like that in order just to, to get rid of the salary on the cap and be able to, you know, spend that money on somebody else. Now, Rob, can I ask you, Laker Tom's not listening, but can I ask you this? Do you think Jared Dudley did tear his MCL just getting out of bed? <laughs> Quite possible. It's the, Jared, it's the Jared Dudley unappreciative group. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I yeah, do wish him well. You don't want to see anyone get hurt like that. Yeah, so. we, we love Duds. We need, okay. him on the, we need him on the bench, too. To... He's got another book he's got to write. Now he has more time to write another book. So there you go. Well, this one time it won't be about the bubble. But, L. Rob, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, you saw today just a very under control, again, Kyle Kuzma initiating the offense. Like Tom said, Excellent interior passing by him. Nice in control, step into threes, catch and shoot threes the way he should be shooting the threes, not trying to do step backs or anything like that or off to the sides, anything to that, because his, his shooting percentage when he does that goes way down. When you see Kyle Kuzma play like this and like he's been playing in the past couple weeks, actually ever since AD has gotten hurt, is this the way you had imagined Kyle Kuzma to play? in this type of offense uh absolutely and i'll I'll say one step further i think he's playing even you can see he's becoming a little more of a veteran he's i mean he's offensively yes but it's the other little things he's doing he's always in the right place on the defensive rotations you know now rebounding Um, a lot better rebounding he's you know he's he switched off on Seth that one time he got up in him you know he's following the game plan he's aggressive he's He's into the game. He's 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 totally totally into the game. That was that was very impressive. If we can have that Kyle Kuzma for the playoffs, it'll make the Lakers uh, very dangerous. He's not falling in love with the threes. He's pump faking and moving in, shooting his little runners a little bit more. So yeah, he was totally engaged. I love that Kuz, and he's becoming even a little veteran savvy. LeBron gave it to him at the end of the first quarter. Kuz was like, "I'm not shooting this, messing up my 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 field goal percentage." He, That's true. You know, he, he dribbled it out. He dribbled out the clock that last second and a half, rather than shooting a fifty footer. So, well, you realizing know the tricks. Yeah, he he's learning. He's learning. He's becoming a vet more and more each day. But I'm so happy to see him now, so much under control. Seeing the floor, it looks like the game has slowed down to him. You can tell when a when a game slows down to a player, and they're able to see and ascertain and make better moves than what they did maybe even a year ago or two years ago. And with Kyle, you see that maturation process coming at you. Laker Tom, where do you think this can go for Kyle? I know, again, there's still going to be continued speculation on his status going forward as a piece, uh, you know, for like like you've talked about, for that third player that you're hoping to get that will hopefully keep the Lakers mano a mano against Brooklyn or Milwaukee or even a, a Philadelphia, or even matching up here in the West against the Jazz, uh, the Suns, who are really flying high right now, or the Clippers. When you talk about that maturation process, 
are you thinking now a little bit for maybe saying, you know, hey, Rob, maybe we should keep him? Or do you think about now still, like we've talked about over the past several weeks, seeing him as someone, even with this poison pill on his contract, being a key and integral part of a Lakers trade? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting that I just did an article for Lakerholics.com, which were 10 trades that I think would help the Lakers solve their their rim protection, their three-point shooting, and their need for a third star. And one of the things when I was studying the stats before I wrote the article is Kuzma's now up to taking five threes per game and hitting 37% of them. He is, other than LeBron James, the most prolific high-volume three-point shooter we have. And when I went through the various things, and, and part of this is that his poison pill, which was really a smart move by him because the poison pill basically makes it so that the Lakers can only count him for his current salary of $3.6 million outgoing money when he tries to match salaries. But the team that trades for him has to count $10.6 million, which is the average of that $3.6 million in three years at $13 million that he's got in his extension. So it makes it very hard. You cannot trade him one for one for anybody. You basically have to involve a trade that's going to be for somebody like Miles, like Miles Turner, for example, who's making 21 million. Um, and then you look at the fact that one of the things and one of the main reasons that we're going to be trading for somebody is to get volume three-point shooting. So that it doesn't make any sense for us to trade our most prolific three-point shooter as part of getting that trav. So out of the 10 trades that I had planned, uh, that I had proposed, I only made one trade that involved Kyle Kuzma, which was happened to be for Miles Turner which I rate as the highest possibility that I would want to have the Lakers do. And that just shows the value that Kuzma has developed because I, I think, I think just like you and L Rob said, he's the game has slowed down to him to the point, And he is now has a much better shot selection. His emphasis, his emphasis on rebounding his offensive rebounding, his ability to make those quick decisions when he gets the ball and is driving and, hitting those interior passes and his defense, his defense has dramatically improved. So all of a sudden he's looking like a real key piece and you have to give Rob Palinka credit and, and as well as uh, Kyle's agent uh, for making the kind of deal that pretty much assured that he wasn't going to be traded at mid season. And I don't expect him to be traded at mid season. Um, now heading into next season, he'll be making 13 million this summer. Um, and definitely he'll be one of the, I think one of the things that's going to be very difficult for the Lakers is that there are going to be a lot of people who would like to have Kyle Kuzma on their team. And 13 million, he made a gamble. He, he took less money to stay in Los Angeles where he wants to live and to play for a championship team and to play with LeBron and AD. Um, and I think the Lakers are going to be very careful. Somebody's going to have to really offer them a deal that they can't refuse for them to trade Kyle Kuzma. I think he's taken a big leap toward uh, becoming that third most important player on the team. Um, and if he continues to score and hit threes the way he's doing now, um, I'd like to see him take a few more threes, a few wide open threes. I'd like to see us get some plays for him to do that. Um, but he's shooting with confidence. And when he's wide open and, and takes a catch and three a catch and shoot three, um, it's like money in the bank right now. So he's playing extremely well. And and I think that both of you are right, that he's he's earned his spot. He's earned his spot at least for the rest of the year. And it was going to take an extraordinarily good offer 
from somebody who really wants to to overpay the Lakers to pry him loose going forward. Do you see that as a possibility, L. Rob, is him not going right now at the trade deadline, but him being an integral piece in a trade? I mean, I think go, this goes back to some of the things that we were talking about is for the reasons why that the Lakers envisioned him as that part of the young core that was going to stay here during the AD trade. Uh, they traded Hart, they traded Ingram, and they traded other pieces of that young core away, but they kept Kuzma and had him at, at one time. Remember, he was the face of the team. He was going to the, the lottery. He was going and making you know it's, it's appearances for the team and things of that nature. He was at one time the face of the team just before LeBron came in and all that, but I wanted to ask you this. I mean, they obviously saw what they thought that could develop over the course of time when it comes to Kyle Kuzma. Did you see that with Kyle Kuzma? And I want to go ahead and before you say that, give a big shout out to Vincent. Vincent, thank you so much for giving the thumbs up. But do you see that when it comes to Kyle Kuzma? I mean, that development into possibly at someday becoming that upper echelon player that we thought it, you know could happen in the first place. Yeah, in the early stages, I seen him just as a uh, more as a as a, a prolific offensive scorer and just a, a, a somebody that can get you tw- you know twenty plus points a game. Um, didn't see the the full complete package, and it was really too early to tell whether he could develop into that. Um, out of all of those guys, though, you know he came out of the gate showing the most promise, which was to be expected. I think he was a little older than. Um, than other guys anyway so that was kind of to be expected um so i did not think he would be you know i couldn't see him developing into this full well-rounded player um that he's demonstrated that he's um become you know right now so that was kudos to the lakers for seeing that and for uh, making those decisions whether or not he could be dealt um at the end of the year i think a lot depends on how we really play i mean um Rob shows that he's going to be aggressive. He's not afraid to, you know, shake it up, even with the championship team. So um, I think Kuzma will behoove him to continue to play this the way he's been playing and to finish out the season strong. And, um, you know, after you've done that, then, then that's the only thing you can control. But, um, no, I think that he will always be someone that uh, that the Lakers would take a look at if they can get something better back in return because you know ad and lebron are you know they're, they're the only ones that are, aren't going anywhere so yeah and, can be moved yeah. and i don't think two easy wins over the golden state Warriors in the past couple weeks should you yeah. know have a straight away because look at the past 10 games look at the past 14 games right. that the lakers have played their overall record is sub 500 so we need to just maybe keep focus yeah. on that first and yeah. foremost and say you know what uh, and thank you, Elton, as also as well for the thumbs up. We truly appreciate it. But Laker Tom, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, you know, uh, as much as this win is so good, and as much as hopefully tomorrow's win against Minnesota should be on the surface, with the Lakers getting plenty of rest. That might be a strap game, man. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to. You know, if he's going to be on tomorrow, because he said he was going to be on tomorrow, he's probably going to say that he's going to call it as a trap game. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show 
and the PCC multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it facebook stars not ninja stars okay i know how some people take things literally so don't throw ninja stars at us but like the facebook stars click on those that's what we want that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to ask you this. I mean, what are you seeing from the team right now? I mean, they're now stabilizing as far as, okay, the life of reality is that they have, don't have Anthony Davis. And they've been playing without him for a while now. So they've obviously modified the offense and the defense to compensate as best as possible for AD not being in the lineup. Do you see at least enough wins to hold steady? I mean, we talked about as them falling as far as six plays by the time AD comes back. If they continue playing at this level, consistency, I mean, I could see them hanging on somewhere in third or even second right now. I don't think that they're going to decline much. You know, there's, there's another interesting aspect I'd like to add about Kyle, which is that Regardless of who we go out and get, if, if we end up getting a buyout center to bolster up the lineup while AD is out, the guys that we're all looking at from a buyout case, whether it's whether it's Drummond or whether it's Whiteside or, or anybody like that, those aren't guys that are going to be able to fit the defensive profile that we play with and the style that we play with in the playoffs because they're not the guys who can go out and and trap and hedge and double players and defend on the perimeter. And so what one of the things that I think is interesting is Morris has not really looked like himself. And I think that there's a possibility that Kuzma could find himself being in the starting lineup in the playoffs if we don't make a big trade. And if we are basically, let's say we get Whiteside, for example, and he's going to be the center. He's not going to really make, he's going to be played off of the floor by teams because he just cannot defend on the perimeter. But the guy who can defend on the perimeter, who can rebound better than Morris and defend better than Morris right now and shoot better than Morris right now is Kyle Kuzma. He has the size to play the two, three, or four. The other spot that I I think it was good that Kenny got three out of four threes tonight and showed a little bit of life, because I really have been feeling, and, and I think Jamie has been along with me, that that Kuzma really should be the guy starting at the two. He can play that position and he can take advantage of those smaller guys. All of a sudden, things are really lining up good for Kyle because he's got versatility. He's the only guy we've really got who can play three positions other than LeBron, obviously, who can play all five positions. Well, well, the guy just, who can play just... the two, three, and four effectively and do what he does as an all-around player is really becoming solid gold for us. Well, let me just say this. Remember the days in the first year for LeBron and Lakers and Luke Walton was coaching and we tried Kyle Kuzma at the five and right. that was a massive failure. Flash forward two years later, Kyle Kuzma now could be your five if they emulate an offensive style similar to Brooklyn because they play 
uh, Brown, who is 6'3 yep. at center. So realistically, you could play Kyle Kuzma on anywhere at the four right now in today's game. And it's that's, that just shows you how much the NBA has changed, even in two years, where a guy like Kuzma, who really had such a hard time playing at the five spot, can now play the five spot and play the two spot and the three and the four and be that versatile for you because the game has changed so quickly. It really comes down to the matchups. You know, it's yeah. it's who you're matched up against. There are lineups where Kuzma could play the five. There were lineups where theoretically, if you looked at who was defending versus who was on offense, Morris had lots of times in games was playing the five because they didn't want to have AD banging against a bigger center. So it's, you know, especially once we get into the playoffs, and especially when you look at the three-point shooting teams that we're facing, the three best three-point shooting teams in the league are the Clippers, the Jazz, and and the Nets. And when we play those teams, it's, it's a whole different story. You, you, you can hopefully maybe chase Rudy Gobert out of the game in some situations. The Nets are going to go small completely. You can get, easily get DJ out of the game. And the Clippers basically are getting killed by people in the inside. There's no way that they can, you know, they're just naturally a small ball team just by the nature of it. The Zubak is being, basically being played out of the game by people going small, small against them. So Kuzma becomes an even better weapon, and his versatility is one of the things really makes it, I think, a much better chance for Kyle to stick with the team long term. I mean, the fact that he can now handle the ball, the fact yeah. that he can pass well enough in fact his interior passing has really improved so much more improved i mean he would try for those hot dog passes and the stuff that you know try to be all cute and look good and whatnot and it end up in the turnover these days he's making smart simple passes and you can see the maturity and growth there and i agree with you tom that if it comes down to it and the lakers don't make a major move then sending him out on the floor as the fifth guy in the spot of marquis morris who kind of looked like you said, not well tonight, but he actually, I thought, I almost thought he went out with an injury because he looked like he was shaken up. Yeah, he was pointing to something on his knee. Yeah, he had yeah. uh, Judy had Judy looking at his knee on the bench there. Yeah, uh, and actually fouled somebody just to get out of the game because yeah. he, was something was bothering him. I, so, I know Nina was looking at is another injury for yeah, for yeah. Sakes, you know exactly. Jeez. But well, Elrob, before we head on out, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, tomorrow it is Minnesota as. Admiral Akbar, Jamie Sweet was here. He would say it's a trap game, but uh, because they've had the rest and they didn't have to play this evening, and the Lakers did, but Lakers did have a relatively easy game. And we know how bad on the surface, record wise, Minnesota has, but they've already had one surprise victory in the past week. Uh, What did the Lakers do to need to prevent it from making it two surprise wins for the Minnesota Timberwolves in one week? Just come out assertive from the beginning. Just step on them at the beginning of the game. Don't let them get any confidence. Just come out aggressive and uh, set the tempo, set the tone early in the game. I think they'll be okay. They need to win that game, though, because, you know, if you peek ahead to their schedule, they have Charlotte. They have, you know, Charlotte's putting up points. They're a tough team. They have Atlanta, who I think has won five in a row. Five in a row. Um, They have Phoenix coming up. I mean, they got six games in nine days coming up so you know it's going to be a challenge they have philadelphia even though mb won't be playing that's still going to be a tough game they um, killed it on offense without mb the other day absolutely killed it so yeah don't tell the score. yeah they, yeah, they were you, they were just incredible the other day yeah, they, 
Yeah, they got New Orleans. We know they could, you know, if they play a good game, then that's going to be tough. And they got all the ex-Lakers, so they'll be. Well, you don't know which New Orleans team is going to fly in here. It's the yeah, one that, that that beats anybody in the NBA, and then the one that loses to anybody in the NBA. Yeah, I, I mean, watched that game against the Clippers. Boy, they New Orleans, but yeah. um, yeah, they got some 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 good games, some interesting games coming up. This is going to be an interesting uh, week and a half um, after the Minnesota game. So let's let's just take care of Minnesota. Um, feel good about ourselves. Three in a row coming out of the All Star break, and then let's see what we can do. You know, in that six game and nine and nine day stretch. Well, they need to keep winning. They need to keep winning because Phoenix is not losing. I mean, they had a that tough game in Portland, and they pulled that out and had a nice blowout victory today. You know, you have Utah who stumbled a little bit, but they're still got that two game cushion over Phoenix right now, so they can afford to go have and have little stumbles here and there because that's what happens when you win, what, 17, 18 in a row like they did earlier this season? And then you have the Clippers who, you know, I know you guys heard what Kawhi Leonard's comments about the team and their inconsistency. So they went and they killed it against the Mavericks today. Let's see what happens with the Mavericks on the back-to-back. Actually, it's uh, on Wednesday, but they're playing the Mavericks again on Wednesday. So we'll see how that, that flies out. But again, the Lakers cannot take any games off now. No more trap games for them. They have to stay focused because, they, you know, it's just a matter of, of seeding. If they can stay in the top four, I think that's the goal. I think if, when AD comes back, the goal is if they're in the top four, they can make a push to the top of the Western Conference, Tom. Well, you know, they have LeBron. That's a big factor. Yeah. LeBron is – LeBron LeBron can almost smell with, with, with Embiid going down. LeBron can almost smell that MVP. And he's, he's going to be going hard at it. He wants to he, – he does not want to. He feels that he can carry the team by himself. And as long as everybody contributes and plays like they did tonight, I think that there's a good chance. The, the big factor is, I think one of the big things about tonight's game was we didn't get behind. When we get behind, it puts such pressure on you that you're, you're chasing the entire game. You're chasing to catch up the entire game. And what I always look and watch is, is that period of the game where you get six points ahead and you've got the ball. Those are the key possessions in my mind that you need to really come down and score. And there were a couple of times tonight where I was really disappointed because we'd throw the ball away or we'd have a turnover, you know, or we'd take a bad shot. But but then in the second quarter, when we hit those types of periods where it was six, we could take it to nine. When it was nine, we could take it to 12. And every time that you get those opportunities, they can seal a game right at that point in time. You can almost say the game is won when you win those little battles of those key possessions that get you that separation so that you don't have to worry about it. And the same thing is true from the other side. When you're down six, the other team's got the ball and they're coming down and you can't get a stop. I mean, you pay for those, you know, when you're down nine and you can't get a stop and they push it to double digits Um, or you fight back and you get within three and then you let them get a three and they get to six. Those are the key possessions, and they create the pressure that that really can dull the momentum of the game. This game, we were all the way through it. The only time we thought it, I thought we lost momentum was was when Kuz airballed that free throw, you know, and you could see their bench go crazy about that whole thing. And you know that that was good to see us come back and and score right away. That's what we really needed to do. So That's those key possessions, and I thought we came through 
75, 80% of the time on every one of those sort of key swing positions that make the difference in, in who wins the game at the end. Well, I'll tell you what, that's what they need to do. And they did. They had an excellent game. And I'll tell you what, they'll take this performance any which way we can get it. It was, again, very efficient on offense, almost 63% from the floor. And they didn't need to rely on the three because, you know, that's always asking for trouble lately with this team when they were relying on the three. I know you want them to see them put up a lot of points, but you know what? We'll take almost 41% from the three-point area, 62.8% from the field goal as far as that's concerned, and a decent 76% from the line. Overall package, I'll take it, but mainly the fact that they stay focused on defense and that NBA leading defense did the job again tonight controlling and shutting down after the first quarter, Stephen Curry, get, you know, only allowing him to have 27, and I say only, but 27, and the rest of the team just couldn't get the, you know, anything going consistently. So just a tremendous performance overall for the Lakers, 128 to 97 over the Golden State Warriors. But L Rob, before we head on out, I want you to go ahead and give a shout out to anything you want as far as it's concerned, or let us know when you go ahead and are going to be able to stop on back on because Anytime you come on, it makes this show so much better. Thank you. I'm, I am on East Coast time, but as long as I've been a Laker fan, I've ba basically been on West Coast time for the last 30 some years. So I'm usually up. It just depends on uh, how much work I have to do the next day. So just looking forward. It's an exciting time. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a challenging time. And after the All-Star break is when teams start gearing up and really start jockeying for positions. So I'm just excited to see how the team moves forward. So I'll be gluing in, um, tuning in, and I will try to pop in at least maybe once every three or four games. That's 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 my goal. Well, I'm looking forward to it whenever you do. Keep an eye out, guys, for those other teams. I want you guys to go ahead and make sure you guys are up to date on what's going on with Philly, uh, you know, Brooklyn, obviously Milwaukee still in the hunt right there in the East. And of course, in the West, you've got the top four teams, which the Lakers are. So we got to keep an eye on that. Got to see what's going on with those teams because one of those seven teams are going to go and win the championship. I don't know well, if you can say. What was, the Baca? What, was, what was, I know he, I, I know he said, I know he was a late scratch. I don't know why I'll, I'll check it up before we head on, head on out. In fact, I will do that while Laker Tom is telling everybody what he's got cooking at Lakerholics.com. Well, I'm working on an article about the center conundrum that the Lakers are in. And I think that there's two kinds of centers that we've found don't really work for the Lakers. Bad back, uh, Rob. Bad back, by the way. Two years ago, last year, last year we had two low post defensive centers whose weakness was that they couldn't defend on the perimeter. And so teams could play them out and force them, force the Lakers to bench them because they just could not make the switches and the rotations that we needed to do. So we went out and we went out and replaced them with two offensive minded centers. One, a guy who's a stretch five in Gasol and Harrell, a guy who can get you 20 points by being a good low post scorer and aggressive rebounder and so forth. The problem is, is that neither one of those guys could also do the same. They both have the same problem that they can be, played off of the floor because they can't defend on the perimeter. Um, and so now we're looking at two centers that are probably at the top of the list and 
And yes, one of the reasons we're looking at these guys is because they're buyout guys that aren't going to cost us any of the players that we have on the roster. But the two players we're looking at um, in in Rummond and and Whiteside are have the same defensive deficiency that the four guys that we've had at center in the last two years, which is that we need a center who can not only protect the rim, but defensively can switch out onto the perimeter. Somebody who can do what Anthony Davis does. And we're not going to get that from the buyout market. So I understand why the Lakers are looking at that. And it'll be interesting. Everybody seems to be predicting all of the prognosticators and people on the, on the Lakers, uh, who following the Lakers are basically saying that the Lakers are going to stand pat and the, what they're going to do is make trades in the buyout market. Um, and they may make one small trade here or there, you know, maybe for an Ellington or a PJ Tucker, but they're basically going to try to get a center to get them through the regular season and go into the playoffs and try to play the same way in the playoffs this year that they did last year. Um, I hope that's wrong because I think the competition is much tougher this year. And I think there are some options out there, primarily Miles Turner or Nerlens Noel, that are players that could really improve the center position and, and really help Anthony Davis be even more effective. I'm a little worried in the long term about Anthony. His numbers are down um, because of the injury, I think. Um, he's going to be out three or four weeks. He might have only like 20 games before the playoffs start. He may not be, you know, he had, he was the real reason we won the playoffs. I, I mean, LeBron was the MVP, but without the productivity and the great outside shooting and, and mid-range shooting that we got from AD we and the defense, we would not have won last year. So I'm worried that we won't have him at that same level this summer, uh, this uh, when we go into the playoffs this year. And that we'll be facing a lot tougher competition. Um, the one possible good sign is that if we really do get everybody inoculated uh, starting in May, we may actually see fans in the stands, which would be great for the Lakers. And the home court advantage could be really something that we could use. I know LeBron just said recently that, man, he, he missed seeing fans in the stands. And when you go into some of these arenas where they do have some fans, the players can understand and feel that difference that the home team gets from from having actual fans rooting for them in the crowds rather than just a dead arena sitting there, you know, with the piped-in music and piped-in sound. So it'll be an interesting – we've got five more games before the trade deadline. Uh, so I'm really curious to see what's going to happen, whether the Lakers end up making a move, um, and whether any of these other seven teams that Gerald's talking about – whether they make a move too. Well, it's going to be something we're going to have to wait and see, but I know that the Lakers have also been attached to rumors for PJ Tucker, LaMarcus Aldridge. You're hearing all the same names going to all the same, the teams like you. I know you're, uh, well, let me ask you this. I know Victor Oladipo was your main man for many weeks now and many days now has miles Turner moved up on that list to number one. I'd say my, Top three trades that I'm looking, top three targets that I'm looking for are probably Miles Turner, Nerlens Noel, and Devontae Graham. From our own GM here at Lakerholics.com, 
please check out what he's doing today at lakerholics.com all those great articles there or if you want to go ahead and give him a shout out on the twitter it's at laker tom and of course l rob hopefully will be back very soon with us like he said three four or five games i'm holding him to it i'm holding you young man to it so please go ahead we, we welcome you back anytime. And again, if you have any comments for us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or at LakersFastBreak on Twitter, or you can catch us at any point in time at Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, another great victory, 127-98. I love it. I love these wins. I know you love those close, challenging wins, Tom, but sorry. I'm You know what? With so many injuries, I love winning. A good blowout is always my favorite. Yeah, well, that's the good blog, indeed, I like to see as well. So, again, for Laker Tom and L. Rob, this is Gerald telling you thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. We've had a ton of people watching us on Facebook. Please go ahead and support us, not only our group on Facebook, Lakerholics, but also Lakers Fast Break on Facebook as well. All right, once again, the Lakers win 127-98, to and we'll catch you tomorrow night after the Minnesota game right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.